1: Hi, and welcome to your Week 11 edition of the No Fall Weddings Podcast from the Fans First Sports Network College Football Feed. My name is Matt Tiamanini, and I am joined on the other end of the line, on the other end of the country, by our West Coast Bureau Chief, Jamie Urich. Jamie, I don't know about you. We are into, at this point, a week and a half, two weeks into November. Even though you and I both live in what could be considered tropical-ish climates, I'm starting to get into the holiday spirit. What about you?
0: Well, Saturday is a very important holiday in my life, and so I can't celebrate the holidays until I get past the 11th
1: of November. Big, big Veterans Day family? Is that what you're doing?
0: No, Matt. Saturday is Leonardo DiCaprio's birthday.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. How old is he going to be?
0: He will be 49 on Saturday.
1: So he's almost twice as old as his age limits for his partners.
0: Listen to me. Listen to me carefully, listeners. You get one. Count them. You get one problematic fave. If you have one favorite person in your life who is problematic, that's it. You've reached your quota. And I have dedicated my problematic person slot to Leonardo DiCaprio. It has always been that way and it will always be.
1: I don't know who my problematic fave would be. Oh, that's interesting. You get
0: well, And you have to acknowledge that they're problematic,
1: right? Like- Right, 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 right,
0: right. We, we hold yeah. people accountable. He is a problematic human. I still think he's a great actor and I will like defend sure. the art, but you get one person that you get to do that for. And so I've chosen Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: He's the one for me. I don't know who mine would be. That's interesting. I'll have to think about that. Do you have any thoughts on who mine might be? I don't know if we ever talked about anybody like that.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Okay. I don't I'll think, think I know.
0: It. But I now I'm going to brainstorm.
1: Yeah, I don't know who it would be either. But that okay. Uh, at some point I'll either say it here on the show or I'll tell you cuz I I don't have anybody off the top of my head. But That's not what we're here to talk about, Jamie. We're here to talk about the week 11 slate of college football games. How we do things here on No Fall Weddings is we run through every single college football game of importance. During the Saturday windows, we break them down by the noon, 3.30, time, and after dark windows. We will tell you what every major game is on a TV channel that you could potentially watch it on. And then we tell you what ones you should be tuning into. Now, Jamie, we talked about this last week. As we get later into the season, we are just three weeks away from the end of the regular season. We are going to be starting to focus more specifically on the big games and how they influence the college football playoff, conference championship games, the Heisman Trophy race, things like that. So while earlier in the season, we would occasionally venture off into random land when we just weren't super moved by any of the 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 matched rankings, the ranked matchups, and things like that. Um, we are going to be kind of hewing more towards those things as we get later into the season. But there's at least one this week that I think I'm going to point out that's a little frisky and off the uh, off the uh, off the beaten path a little bit. But because we are into mid-November, we are getting towards you know put up or shut up time. We are going to be kind of paying a little bit more closer attention and highlighting those games. So we're not digging deep, but we are going to kind of focus on the biggest games coming up in each time slot.
0: And listen, if you have a vested interest in another team, you can put that game on. That's okay. No one will judge you. But just know that like the general public at this point, we're not watching the boring games. We're watching the ones that impact the larger playoff pool.
1: Yeah, and if there's a game, obviously, if your team is playing, watch that. If there is a game that is kind of outside of the marquee matchups in a given window that gets really, really exciting, something crazy pops up, absolutely flip over to that, put that on a second screen. But if you're looking for your main screen games of the week, these are going to be the ones that we focus on. All right, so let's start at noon. We're going to start on Fox, with the game of the weekend, as the number three cheating cheaters of Ann Arbor, Michigan, travel to Happy Valley to take on the number 10 Penn State Nittany Lions. Then on ESPN at noon as well, number eight Alabama ventures into big blue land to take on Kentucky. Then on FS1, Texas Tech visits the number 16 Rock Chalk Jayhawk, Kansas Jayhawks. Then over on ESPN. ESPN 2 we have Tulsa at number 23 Tulane on the CBS Sports Network we have Holy Cross and Army on BTN we have Indiana and Illinois Peacock gives us Maryland and Nebraska the SEC Network gives us Vanderbilt and South Carolina on the ACC Network we have VaTech and the suddenly competent Boston College Eagles on ABC we have Georgia Tech and Clemson then uh, on the Pac-12 Network at 2 p.m. and again. Pac-12 Network, tough to get. Jamie, you'll get it because you're on the West Coast, but uh, not everyone gets that. But if you do have it, number 21, Arizona, will visit Colorado. And on the CW, we will have NC State and Wake Forest. All right, Jamie, only one place to start. So you've got to start in Happy Valley, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, there there are two games that I will probably flip back and forth between only because the second game, also has playoff ramifications but michigan penn state is the game of the weekend that is going to determine a lot of things for a lot of people um the other one that i would flip back and forth between is alabama kentucky and and the reason being that um we'll get to our later games but Ole Miss will start the day still having a shot at that SEC West title. But if Alabama beats Kentucky on Saturday afternoon in that noon time slot, they will win the SEC West title. And that puts Alabama right back in the running for playoff contention if things go awry. So I will definitely keep my eye on that Alabama-Kentucky game. Really, it's Michigan State, Michigan-Penn State is, is the, the game of the weekend. If I could pick one game the whole weekend. That's where I'm going.
1: Yeah, over on LandGrantHolyLand.com, you and I did an article together a week or so ago talking about what team outside of the top four we thought was most likely to make the college football playoff. And you picked the very logical Oregon Ducks. And I think that if given the chance, if you hadn't taken them, I might have taken them too. But since you took them, I went with Alabama because they have one loss but they have a pretty clear path to the college football playoff if they are to beat georgia in the sec championship game they're in like there's there's i i i don't see a world in which they are not in mainly because as we i think we talked about this last week but like if washington wins out they're in if florida state wins out they're in if you know, presumably if Ohio state or Michigan, whoever wins that game wins their two games before that they're in. So there's three Alabama's in with one loss. So I, I think that that is certainly something to keep an eye on. And they're looking pretty good lately. They started a little slow, but Jalen Milroe is starting to turn into the quarterback that obviously Nick Saban thought he would be. And I I'm starting to buy into the conspiracy theory that Saban benched Milrow early in the season. Was that game two or game three just to show everybody that he knows what he's talking about. No one else was as good as him. And now he is starting to play like the, well, frankly, like a player who should be the quarterback at Alabama. And they have absolutely an opportunity to control their own destiny moving forward. If they went out, including the SEC championship game, they are in the college football playoff.
0: The thing with Alabama's schedule this year is they should it should be fairly smooth sailing from this point on until the conference championship is really the way that their schedule was structured. like they their toughest wins are behind them. Mm-hmm. They do have their rivalry game against Auburn to close out the season. But Auburn, this is not I don't think that this is an Auburn team that's going to come out of nowhere with an upset. I think that game's a done deal. And I don't think you can really ever count out a one loss Nick Saban team because when he's got a chance to sneak through the cracks, he's going to do it. That's the mentality. He's got a winner's mentality. That's why his program is so successful. Don't count them out. I think everyone kind of thought that they were out of the running, but I certainly think that we should all they could sneak in the back door if you leave it cracked
1: yeah I mean I think when they lost to Texas in week two a lot of people I mean hell I remember it I remember people talking about because Texas lost early and Clemson lost early they were like okay they're both done we can move on those teams best days are behind them that is well that's true for Clemson, at least in in terms of this season, not true for Alabama. They have Kentucky this week, as you mentioned earlier, they play Auburn in the Iron Bowl in the final weekend of the season. But like many SEC teams do, they have the penultimate cupcake weekend where they play Chattanooga. So Kentucky is their toughest game remaining. They already have wins over LSU, Tennessee and Ole Miss. Those are all currently top 20 teams. It looks pretty good. I, you know, I, I think we're still it's a we're a little bit up in the air in terms of what Georgia actually is this season. They have started to look better the last couple of weeks, although they looked vulnerable against Missouri. They ended up winning by what was it, nine points, 30 to 21, I think was the final score. So they're good. They're they're not great. I certainly think that they are eligible for an upset loss in the SEC championship game if they do, in fact, end up playing the Tide. All right, I'm going to point out one more game and I'm going to go against the thing that I said at the very beginning when I said that we're going to focus on the games that matter. If you are looking for something in like the second half of that noon window, kind of to bridge the gap between the the noon and and 3.30 windows, keep an eye on the Pac-12 network. That Arizona-Colorado matchup could be kind of fun, kind of interesting. We know Colorado has had its issues since, you know, lighting the world on fire in the first few weeks, but watch out for Arizona. In the last three weeks, they've beaten three straight ranked teams. They beat number 19 UCLA, number 11, Oregon state, number 19, Washington state. They only lost by two to USC. They only lost by seven to Washington. Like they've played a five week stretch. I mean, I I don't know everybody's schedule in the country, but like, I think it'd be pretty tough to find a tougher five straight weeks or five straight games, at least. Uh more difficult than what Arizona has gone through. But they are going on the road to Boulder, and you know, Dion's team is looking for anything to kind of rejuvenate their season. Uh Colorado currently sits at four and five, only one and five in conference. They are trying to find a way. To make it to bowl eligibility, they have to win two of their last three games. That'll be tough because they have number 21, Arizona, then unranked but very good Washington State team, and then they end the season with number 18, Utah. That Utah game could be fascinating at the end of the season because Colorado, all offense, no defense. Uh, Utah, all defense, not much of an offense. So that could be fun. But if, if Colorado is going to try to salvage bowl eligibility this season, they will need I mean, I think they probably have to win. I guess the, I don't know. Maybe they could beat Washington State and Utah, but this is a big game nonetheless. So if you're if 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 the games we're looking at early with Michigan and Penn State and Alabama and Kentucky, if they end up being laughers and they're not very compelling, and you have access to the Pac-12 network, I would turn on the Wildcats and the Buffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the very least, it it should be an entertaining football game, even if it doesn't necessarily determine one of the cfp playoff slots like exactly it'll be good football
1: yeah it'll be fun i don't know if it'll be good it'll be fun uh and that's really all you can ask for all right let's take a real quick break here uh before we jump into the 330 window we will be right back on the fans first sports network college football feeds no fall weddings podcast Welcome back to No Fall Weddings. We are here breaking down every single window of the college football Saturday. We've already talked about the early window that starts at noon, kind of bleeds into a little bit later in the afternoon. Uh, Normally, we would just start at 3.30, but There is one game of note that actually starts at three, so I'm going to include that in this window. It is on the Big 12 network, if you get that. If not, it's on ESPN+. That is Baylor at number 25, Kansas State. Then as we move into the 330 proper window, on ABC, we have what used to be a very compelling rivalry. Don't expect it to be much this week. Miami at number four, Florida State. On Fox, we have a a very, very interesting game kind of similar to what I talked about with the season finale for Colorado, but we have number 18, Utah, at number five, Washington. On CBS, we have number 13, Tennessee, at number 14, Missouri. On ESPN, number 15, Oklahoma State, at UCF. On the Big Ted Network, Rutgers visits number 22, Iowa. I actually think that'll be a Pretty interesting game there. On NBC, we have Minnesota and Purdue. On FS1, it is Northwestern and Wisconsin. On the ACC network, Pitt visits Syracuse. On the CBS Sports network, we have UAB at Navy. Then at 4 p.m. on the SEC network, we have Auburn and Arkansas. On ESPN2, Washington State and Cal. Uh, On the Pac-12 network at 5.30, we have Stanford and uh, and Oregon State. And I think that is where we will wrap up that window before we get into primetime. Jamie, um, a little, a a few more interesting options in this window. Where are you going?
0: You know, I am going to go Tennessee, Missouri for this window. Um, again, doesn't necessarily determine the college football playoffs, but I think these are two pretty evenly matched teams, um, they're essentially going to duke out who is the second best team in the SEC East in this game. Um, and both of them are positioning themselves for a major bowl game, even if they don't make the playoffs. Um, so I think this is, you know, something to keep your eye on if you really want great football and they are, there is something on the line for these teams, even if it's not like a top four slot. Um, I really think that this is one of those matchups to watch. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my eye here. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Um, Tennessee's had some real issues this year. Um, that you know, both of them have had like pretty good balanced offensive seasons. Um, but Tennessee's Tennessee has struggled uh a little bit. And I think this game is the thing that's gonna set them apart from being like a decent middle of the road team versus like, are they actually a good team? Um and could potentially like solidify their reputation at the end of the season. So um I think if you just want really good kind of Duke it out football this is going to be a good game to watch and it could have potential bowl ramifications uh for later in the season.
1: Yeah, I like that. That is certainly one that I think the competition will be interesting. Like you said, it's not going to necessarily impact an SEC championship berth or even a college football playoff berth, but it is good football and will certainly impact the pecking order in terms of bowl eligibility and and where everybody is getting slotted in. I'm going to go to the one that is very similar to what I mentioned with Utah and Colorado. I'm going to go with Utah and Washington because I think a lot of the things I said about it, that Colorado matchup, uh, apply here as well. Utah coming into this game is number 10 in the country in terms of points allowed per game, allowing only 15.9 per contest. However, Washington is number four in the country in terms of points per game scored at 417 Then if you flip things around, it's not as big of a discrepancy between them. Washington is only allowing 23 points per game. That is 47th in the country, while Utah is only scoring 25 points per game. That's 82nd nationally. So this is certainly a game where it'll be strength on strength and, to a lesser degree, weakness on weakness. Obviously, Utah has been hindered all season by the fact that Cam Rising has not been able to return Uh, following his ACL tear in the bowl game last season. Bryson Barnes has done a a decent job in his stead. He is completing about 59% of his passes, but he has eight touchdowns, five interceptions. They are just really not the type of potent offense that you would have expected from Utah to have with Cam rising under center or behind center to be more appropriate here. I, I really think that this is a team that would have been contending for that SEC championship game uh, or for, I'm sorry, the PAC 12 championship game and a college football playoff berth. I think this game itself probably would have been, I mean, very well could have been two undefeated teams if Cam Ryzen was playing. So that's, it's disappointing that we didn't get the matchup between Michael Penix Jr. And Cam rising, but it is certainly one I think will still be uh pretty exciting and pretty, pretty interesting here. So uh, I will be checking that one out. And I do want to mention, I, I said it earlier, like, I think Rutgers and Iowa could be really interesting. Rutgers is coming into the game having um, uh, lost to Ohio State last week, thirty-five to sixteen. But they're, I mean, they're a solid team. They're six and three. They've already had bowl eligibility. They are scoring a decent amount of points this season, and we know Iowa doesn't score. Will that change even more in the second week that Brian Ferentz, you know, knows that he's been fired? I, I don't know. I actually think this would be a pretty compelling matchup and I would not be surprised if Greg Schiano pulls this upset, uh, even though it is in Iowa.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I think that, that we need to really put some respect on this Rutgers team. I would yeah. really argue that they should be a ranked team. Like, I'm not talking a top 10 team, but certainly in the top 25, in my mind. Um, and this Utah-Washington matchup, if you caught any of that, washington usc game last weekend this is just a fun electric team to watch and that was a really really fun football game to watch and i think we could kind of have round two of that uh on saturday
1: yeah absolutely all right let's go into prime time and we'll start on espn with you know, if Michigan and Penn State is not the game of the week, this is certainly the game of the week. It is nice that we have two games of the week in very different windows, so we don't have to, one, worry about them conflicting and bouncing back and forth with our attention, and two, not having one bleed over into the other. But it is number nine, Ole Miss, between the hedges in Athens, Georgia, taking on the number two, Bulldogs. Then on Fox, we have uh, West Virginia taking on number 17, Oklahoma. On FS1, it is Cincinnati taking on Houston. On the NFL Network, we have Georgia Southern and Marshall. On the CBS Sports Network, it is San Diego State and Colorado State. Then at 7.30 on NBC, we have the Michigan State Spartans taking on the unequivocally best team in the country. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The team that everybody knows is absolutely going to win the college football playoff, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Then on ABC, we have number seven, Texas taking on TCU. On the SEC Network, it's Florida taking on number 19, LSU. Then on ESPN2, it's Mississippi State and the Aggies of Texas A&M. On ESPNU, it is Rice and UTSA, Beat, beat, baby. Then on the ACC Network at 8 p.m., it is Duke and number 24, North Carolina. We're getting ready to have a basketball matchup between those two coming up here in you know, in a couple months, but it is on the football field this time. And then I'll wrap up the primetime window on the Pac-12 network at 9 p.m. with Arizona State and UCLA. Jamie, obviously, Ole Miss Georgia, the highlight of this window.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot on the line here. Um, if Georgia wins, they will clinch the SEC East. Uh, if Ole Miss wins and Alabama does not. Kentucky, you know, they up. They have a playoff spot on the line themselves. Um, Georgia, this Georgia team is fascinating to me because they are not the powerhouse Georgia team of the last few seasons. In fact, they have trailed in five of their six games, in five of their six conference games this year. I'm sorry. They have not lost a game. They just kind of know how to take punches and bounce back. Um, and so I think this is fun. And also the Lane Kiffin piece of it is interesting. Um, Georgia coach Kirby Smart and Lane Kiffin did coach together at Alabama, um, for a couple of years. So under Nick Saban. So I think like, that's kind of fun. Um, and I I think, let's be honest, any,
1: any game that. Lane Kiffin coaches has the potential to be a circus. So that's always enjoyable to be able to, to watch that happen. Oh,
0: a thousand percent. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is again, this is almost is going to give Georgia a challenge. Um, I think particularly their defense, I think the Georgia secondary is going to really have to like stand up and step up in this football game. Um, but it'll be fun to watch.
1: Yeah. Going into this game, um, the, the metrics are, are pretty interesting. One of the places that I look at quite a bit is the, um, the NCAA game simulator. And right now Uh, there's been 2,251 simulations. The score that they are projecting is 29.3 for Georgia and 27.4 for Ole Miss. So, I mean, that's, that's within the normal margin of the home field advantage that Vegas will give. So, this is a game that if you look at the metrics, it is very much going to be a close game. So, I am very much looking forward to this. Unfortunately, you and I will be You know, probably keeping a a fairly decent eye on um, the Ohio State Michigan State game, but I would not be surprised if Ohio State, hopefully, please God, um, is able to make that game not super close, so we can keep a little bit more of attention on the uh, on the Ole Miss Georgia game. So I, I think that's really the game to watch. Obviously, I'll keep an eye on the Ohio. You know, I'll be covering the Ohio State. Uh, Michigan State game. So I'll watch that one just because I hope that Ohio State can finally win a game handily because every game has been an adventure, even though they've ended up winning fairly comfortable in almost all of them. So we'll see what happens. I wrote an article at landgranthoyland.com this week saying that I would not be surprised if Georgia wins the Ole Miss game handily, if they are the new number one team on Tuesday, just because coming into the last two weeks their resume did not stack up with Ohio State and I still don't think it actually will but if they look dominant against Old Miss I think that the eye test might push them over where the um, where the resume kind of falls short so we'll see we'll see what happens there but that is certainly the game to watch uh, during that primetime window all right, heading into the after dark window. and There's actually a game here uh, or two, Jamie, that I think could be really, really interesting. On FS1 at 10 p.m., we have New Mexico and Boise State. On ESPN 15 minutes later at 10.15, we have Iowa State and BYU. Then on Fox at 10.30, USC at Oregon. And then on the CBS Sports Network at 10.30, Fresno State and San Jose State. And then at 11 p.m., on a network to be determined, Air Force and Hawaii Um, That could be fun, but I don't know that it's going to be available for most folks. But uh, Jamie, the West Coast game, USC at number six, Oregon, seems like something that you would be into.
0: Oh, I'm absolutely watching this football game. Um, The SC Washington game last weekend, as I said earlier, was electric. We got to watch Caleb Williams and Michael Pettix Jr. square off in just a really fun High-scoring football game. Um, and I think this USC team has some fire in them, even though they definitely started the season, like, a little – I'm going to say – I said a little bit, but they definitely started the season kind of overrated. Um, they've got some fire. So I'm really excited for this game. Um, I do still think Oregon's got a shot, a pretty good shot, at sneaking into a playoff spot. Um This is not, you know, it is not a done deal. So they have to win this game. And there's a lot on the line for both of these teams. And I think for USC, this would be a good point to good way to prove that they are not, they didn't fall as far as everyone seems to think that they did.
1: And obviously we all know the biggest issue with USC this season has been their defense, but. They finally fired Alex Grinch, their defensive coordinator, this past week. I would not be surprised. We see this all the time when a unit has their position coach let go. They often come out and play inspired football, either because that person was holding them back or they are trying to, you know, kind of win for that person. So if USC is able to find any sort of defense to stop Oregon, uh, that could be really interesting. I mean, Oregon is leading the country in terms of points scored per game at 47.4, but they're also the 11th team in terms of points allowed, allowing only 16. That is very interesting because uh, USC is a much different type of, of team this season. Coming into the game, they are second behind Oregon in terms of points scored per game at 455 half. But they are all the way down at 124th out of 133 FBS teams in terms of points allowed, giving up 34.5 points per game. So if they can somehow figure out to how, how to do anything on the defensive side of the ball, Jamie, like we know that both of these teams are capable of scoring, uh, but we'll just be if they can match the defensive output of the Ducks in terms of of whether or not they're going to have a shot. So I am very much going to be looking forward to that game as I finish podcasting about the Ohio State-Michigan State game. I will be immediately turning this one on. All right, Jamie, any final thoughts about week 11 of the college football season in general? Anything about this this schedule? Uh, Anything about those absolutely litigiously ridiculous Michigan men out of Ann Arbor? Uh,
0: I mean, listen, um, I still don't think that OSU looks like a number one team. And so I need them to absolutely blow Michigan state out of the water this week. Um, cause I agree with you. I think there's a good chance that if Georgia wins this game, handily, we'll see them bump down. I actually think if Michigan beats Penn state handily, we could see OSU bump down, um, and so I need uh, OSU. Do you not think that's the case?
1: I don't because if you look at Michigan's resume, it is so bad. Um, I don't think that they have enough to, to get ahead of Ohio state until they play them. Obviously if Michigan beats Ohio state, they will move ahead of them. But uh, until then, I just don't think they have enough. They are. Um, they're just so far back, and I'm, I'm looking for my article that I did about, uh, here we go, with, with all of the stats in it. So um, currently, Ohio State is number one in strength of record, number 20 in terms of strength of schedule. Georgia is number seven in strength of record, and number 90 in strength of schedule. If they beat Ole Miss handily, I think that will obviously help their strength of record and their strength of schedule, Uh, and I think it will take the eye test maybe a little bit higher. Michigan, though, is number eight in strength of record, so comparable to Georgia. They're all the way down at 111th in strength of schedule, so I just don't see them short of Ohio State potentially losing to Michigan State, being able to jump all the way up to besting Ohio State when Ohio State is 91 points higher in the strength of schedule metric, which is something that is one of the defined criteria that the college football playoff committee actually looks at.
0: Sure. Do you think there's a world though, in which Michigan like demolishes Penn state, like absolutely embarrasses them. And then that is an eye test situation where it's like, Oh, Oh, OSU was a much closer game. Like maybe Michigan's the better team.
1: Um, I mean, I could see that being a conversation. I don't think that that will be enough to move them ahead just because like Ohio state and Michigan essentially played very similar games to Rutgers, uh, Ohio state, like I said earlier, beat Rutgers 35 to 16, Michigan only beat them 31 to seven. So like, even if you have a, a data point where Michigan clearly beat Penn State by more, and that is the best common opponent between the two. The next best common opponent between the two was basically a wash in terms of uh, in terms of the outcome. So I, I mean, I certainly think that that would be a talking point if that happens. If, if Michigan beats Penn State 35 to seven, uh, that will obviously be something that the polls will look at and many fans and, and pundits and analysts will talk about. But I don't think that's enough to overcome the discrepancy in terms of what they have already accomplished on the field for the playoff committee. Now, all of us who have eyes might understand that Michigan at this point is a better team than Ohio state, but did you just say that. Well, I mean, I think they are. I don't, I, I don't know that you can argue that at this point, like it doesn't, that, that doesn't matter when they play because one, there's, two games until then and specific matchups you know the 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 lesser team can often beat the better team but i don't know that that, that's not necessarily how the college football playoff committee looks at it so yeah that's true That will wrap up this week's edition of the No Fall Weddings Podcast. If you are finding us somehow other than on your normal podcast player of choice, make sure that you follow us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your daily dose of audio goodness. You can follow us on social media at fansfirstsn. You can follow me at matt. You can follow Jamie at Jamie Urich, J-A-M-I-J-U-R-I-C-H. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week. And as always, remember, what starts with a fall wedding ends in a spring divorce.